So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that... Wait, are, are we doing this? Yes or no? What is going on? In, 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 Welcome to For Formula One's sake. It's a heat wave in London, but like Pierre Gasly, we're all in Southwesters. It's a good joke. It is a good joke if you've heard of a Southwester. Welcome to For Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that isn't live this week. Everybody clap. Thanks, Matt. Ooh. Yeah. I'm Chigrez, and today from the Southwark Tavern in London Bridge, we're going to talk to you about the German Grand Prix, making your nation proud, letting your nation down, and the weather. We've also got news on the driver market, possible future Grand Prix venues, and Terry will probably try and sing again or something. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who has not seen a bear. It's Phil Troman. Oh my God! It's a well, it's a bear in the sort of in the gay sense. Yes. I would be a bear. Well, you're not very hairy. Fat, you're not fat enough for a bear. I'm not what? You're not fat enough to be a bear. Can we stop I... this flirting, please? Why have you not seen a bear? I went to Alaska. That's cool. The day after the live show, I went to Alaska. It's a bloody long way away. Uh, I'm pretty sure I spent more time travelling there and back than I actually was there. I was only How there long were you there for? Two days. Oh, okay. And it was 26 hours each way. That's too long. Why did you go there for that short amount of time? Well, it was for work. I went uh, to try and find... I went to Kodiak Island to try and see a Kodiak bear. Did you know the Kodiak bears had the uh, patent for digital cameras but sat on it because they didn't want to kill their own business? Is that a Kodak joke? That's it. Brilliant. Do you know that Terry Savalas <laughs> was a bear? that Kojak joke. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and alongside him is a man who made a film. It's Terry Saunders. Right. All of you, do you want to be my uh, niece or nephew? Wait, hang on. No. Where's what? this going? I was babysitting on Saturday, which meant that my poor niece got to do what I wanted, which was make a film. And I made a film about her rescuing Paddington Bear because... Oh, it's always bloody to, bears with you, isn't it? I know, it's a bear thing. She'd been to nursery, right? Right. Uh, they'd taken a Paddington Bear home 
each week, each child takes it home for a week and has to take photos of what I do with Paddington. And I'm looking through this book going, this is all shit, let's make a film. So I made an epic three-minute film which involved me really working quite hard, <laughs> doing cuts, different angles. Can you do that again? You, you stumbled your lines that time, love. Filming a cat to do be a scary thing. And then made this film for her. It was fucking amazing. That's it. Uh, Chica, seen any bears? No, but I wish I had because that's quite a good theme, isn't it? Yeah. I did self-defence. Oh! That's right. RWI had a session with a man called Saint Fury. Wow. Saint Fury. I can already tell that with a name like that, he is a legitimate self-defence instructor. Oh, absolutely. He, uh, with 15 women, was outstanding. So learn how to... Sister Act 2. (laughs) (laughs) After all this teaching, he said, the most important thing you need to do, if someone comes up to you, you say... Go away! <laughs> Brilliant. Great. I mean, in fairness... Go away! <laughs> but first, let's drive apparently quite slowly into Listener's Corner before losing all grip and sliding pathetically into the barriers, then banging on the steering wheel in frustration and probably crying. The German Grand Prix dominated the discussion over on our social media channels and it was the fuck of the hometown hero that kicks things off. Alex Saville says, haven't stopped laughing since Vettel's crash, so not sure what happened after that. Mike Morby said, did his home crowd actually cheer when Vettel crashed out, or was it just the Mercedes stand? And Kevin Wilhelm said, Vettel punching the steering wheel while exclaiming, nine, 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 I might have made that up, made my weekend. Okay, so first things first, that was one of the most pathetic crashes not even just like pathetic crashes but leading a race controlling a race and then going off it's kind of fine you want a bit of daredevil heroism but that really was just like a kind of it was barely a crash oops. <laughs> it was a whoopsie it was like a sort of pathetic slither it was a slither yeah. isn't it yeah how did you lose the world cha- into the wall yeah how did you lose the world championship oh i kind of slithered <laughs> slithered away it reminded me a little bit do you remember in china 07 when hamilton's tires had gone and he just kind of did almost again slithered that pathetically into the pit lane gravel trap. It's gravel, it isn't it? It was sort of like that. But he, I mean, I guess it shows how much a little bit of rain can mess up slick tyres. A little bit of rain, a lot of gravel. That's what we need. That made it good. There's the next T-shirt. I'm pretty sure he was crying. It did I, sound yeah. like it. He was definitely like, he said, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. He said, fuck's sake. Intermediates for Vettel's face. He only seems to go into Italian when he's happy. And after the ra- when he runs the race, he's like, grazie, ragazzi. Do you think this maybe one, he's like, not... Really sake, sorry guys. It was an unfortunate crap. I can see how he did it because you just get no grip on those tyres, but it didn't look particularly becoming for Vettel and there's no way around it. It was he fucked up. He can't bl- put any blame on anything other than that. And he didn't what blame a- anyone there, did he? No, he no. didn't. In fairness, he owned it straight away. Yeah. But, but yeah. what a place to do it. So he was born twenty miles from that circuit. He has never been popular in Germany like Michael because Michael Schumacher was a working class boy made good big hero of Germany Vettel's always been seen as a kind of middle class boy who's you know never really got the people behind him he's never won at Hockenheim and for the first year now that he's driving Ferrari and there's the Schumacher kind of uh, echoes he had the fans on side for the first time and I was reading the thing about how for the first time he's really energized the grandstands and people are finally there supporting Vettel and the, and the audience numbers are up all this kind of stuff and then he crashes at the one place in the track where there are grandstands <laughs> and they're all looking at him going here's our boy here he comes oh for fuck's sake 
I mean, as Mike pointed out, there were quite a few people who seemed to jump up and applaud in delight. I saw a lot of them seem to be Red Bull fans. Well, that would make sense, I suppose. If it's sort of Austrians supporting Red Bull who've popped up, or, or the Dutch who've come over, or Germans well, that just like Mercedes. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of reasons to jump up. I jumped up. I did as well. I didn't actually, because I, I was babysitting that day too, and I was awake at 5am. Now, having looked after a child for one day, pretty pretty aware of how tiring it is now. And uh, You've got a good, a good window into parenting. I had to have a strategic nap in the middle of the race, thinking the rain's coming, I'm going to have a 20-minute nap. But I, d- I timed it perfectly. I woke up just as the rain started coming. Nice. Great. Because it was really boring. Before. It really was. Yeah. It was crazy. So despite starting way down the grid, Lewis came thundering through to take victory at Hockenheim and retake the lead in the championship. Although his win was not without controversy, as he cut the pit lane entry and was giving a reprimand by the stewards rather than a time penalty. Kevin Barry says Hamilton's margin of victory was less than five seconds. The smallest penalty they could have handed out would be a five-second time penalty coincidence. No. No. Exactly that. Apparently they made him go really fast because they were bricking themselves they were going to get a penalty. The most common penalty for doing that is a reprimand and that's what he got. So. Okay, well I've got more, so wait. Okay. Stephen Gurr wants to talk about Hamilton's apparent employment of a deity to get the win. Is that within the rules? Why did no other drivers try this? Are we talking wait. about Wait. And Joe Hall said, did Hamilton actually win or did everyone just fuck up around him and he accidentally crossed the line first? Oh, otherwise known as a Palmer when he got points. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, or a stroll even. Should we talk about Stephen's deity question? He got very religious and at the end he got quite into kind of late 60s Beatles phase with his <laughs> love conquers all. Oh yeah, that, and, was, uh, that was intense, wasn't it? Are you suggesting that the Mercedes team is about to break up? I'm just saying, After you know... In possibly their best performance. It reminded me of the last uh, last years of Spice Girls, the way he was talking. Yeah. Like, going into the slower, you know, more relaxing... We um, have very know. different cultural references. <laughs> Growing his cornrows long. And yeah, that was... We'll talk about that later. Okay. So part of the intrigue of Hockenheim was the threat of rain and its impact on the tyre strategy. Some teams dealt with the conundrum better than others. Ross Chaplin said Pierre Gasly and Toro Rosso with the high IQ strategy on Sunday. Four seconds of rain, totally full wet, undoubtedly full wet conditions. That was, I mean, I was watching that going, what the fuck are they doing? For anyone that didn't see it, I mean, there were what, two or three corners that were a bit damp? Well, we should say that Verstappen went onto the intermediates, yeah. did a few laps, and, and then... A f- and a few people were saying, ooh, I think it's a bit early for intermediates. Yeah. Then he came back in and changed back to the sticks because he got it wrong. Yeah. And Cassie got out on the full wet. <laughs> it's just like... It's like there's yeah, three yeah. corners that are a bit moist. <laughs> Gasly, full wet! <laughs> I mean, that is... And then did was like 10 back? seconds a lap slower than everybody then else. Then did he come straight back in? Pretty, Pretty much. Yeah. He had to because those those tyres don't last in the heat. Or work. It would have been the ballsy move of the century had it suddenly really started raining in that lap. Because that's—I mean—they weren't going to score any points anyway, so why not go for it? It was a hell of a gamble. It was a roll of the dice. Yeah, but they've got the weather forecast. They know it's not going to do that. Surely they'd be like, "Mate, that's not going to work." But shortly after the race, there was a downpour that was like biblical because. God kind of went, sorry, Lewis, I'm, I'm here. Sorry, I was watching, watching the darts. And uh, I've got you, on, uh, got you on the sky box. Anyway, I don't plus, know what it's called. Plus one. Plus one, yeah, yeah, here we go. And um, so, it really, so if that rain had come exactly when Gasly had pitted, that could have been the most sensational win of Formula 1 history. 
This was this was a race when never has it been more important in a team to have a really good weather guy. Uh, because everything kind of hinged on that. Everyone was sort of watching the weather and throwing the dice on what the hell was going to happen. Staying out. Do you do a tyre change? Do you try and make the tyres you're on last as long as possible so that if the rain comes, you can instantly dive in and go on either intermediates or wets if you're an idiot um, and, and take advantage? Or do you do you charge on and, ch and change early and bank that it's not going to work? And the reason Hamilton won is because Mercedes gambled pretty much twice on what was going to happen. First on the fact that it was going to rain when it rained and second on the fact that it wasn't going to rain enough for them to go into intermediate, so they put him on the ultra softs. And that's what won him the race. And it, it was a shame you were asleep because it was sort of, although not much was actually happening, the tension, the tension was palpable. You should have seen the dream I had. Wow. Did it involve Lewis Hamilton pitting for Ultrasoft? Just rubber. So in other news, it's been a sad week for Ferrari as its chairman Sergio Martioni died from complications after surgery. Martioni is credited with turning Ferrari's parent company, Fiat, around after merging it with US car maker Chrysler and returning both companies to success. Quite what his departure will mean for the Ferrari F1 team remains to be seen. He was instrumental in forming an alliance with Mercedes to fight some of the proposed rule changes in 2021 and threatened to take Ferrari out of F1 if he didn't get his way. So will that combative stance continue under the new management? It's very hard to say. It's also very hard to be funny about because it's genuinely unfortunate. Um, well, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Poor blokes died. That's horrible. Yeah. But Ferrari is a very political company. They've been pushing really hard against... Pretty much everything. Everything. <laughs> and now it's... Could we seen it? Does his legacy continue? Is there a softer stance coming on? It's basically... Yeah, well, I mean, what are we going to see in the future from Ferrari management? Because if you remember when, when Marcioni came in a couple of years ago, he was... He didn't just sort of sit back and see what was going on. He came straight in. He fired Marco Mattiacci and brought in Arriva Bene, completely shook up the, the management yeah. and completely turned Ferrari's uh, fortunes as a, as a road car company and Fiat as a, as, a, as a group, Fiat Chrysler, completely turned them around. So he was, a, he was a very big cheese, very vocal in all the F1 talks. Now he's not there. You uh, would imagine they'd be, happen? You'd imagine they're going to re be reading for a bit. I mean, we won't see this on track for a while, but by next year you wonder if whatever Ferrari's upswing has been, who knows? And there's a big rumour that he was the one that wanted Leclerc in next year, and it was all his doing. So now there's talk that Kimi might actually get another year at Ferrari. So long Kimi. Oh, so, you know. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, as you say, I don't think we're going to see any immediate on-track changes, but sort of going forward, the, the ramifications of what happens politically will be quite interesting. And it's and it's sad for Ferrari and sad for, sad for the group, because, yeah, it was all very sudden basically he had a had a shoulder operation and then there were complications uh, after that and, and and then he was gone within a few days so yep. yeah really bad is Lance Stroll about to buy Force India rumours have been flying around that Stroll or rather his dad Lawrence is about to become the team's new owner and the unsubstantiated gossip is good enough for us to declare it as fact fact <laughs> He is going to have to do something quick, though, as Sergio Perez says the team's financial situation is critical and sort of insinuated that if something doesn't happen soon, he might jump ship to Hayes, replacing Roman Grosjean. Stroll will come into Force India, possibly alongside Robert Kubica, if you believe the rumours. Elsewhere in the driving news, Hamilton and Bottas are staying at Mercedes forever, having signed a new multi-year contract. 
Ricardo staying at Red Bull, as we expected. Ocon might go to Renault. Signs might go to McLaren. Antonio Giovinazzi could get a seat at Sauber. It's silly season. Yay. Yay. Right, so we start with... Uh, when, do, when does it have to be confirmed by? What's the, oh, the cut-off date? Oh, well, if... Australian previous, Grand Prix? Yeah, if previous seasons are ready to go by. That's a joke about there being no kind of transfer deadline. Sky did the most oh God, painfully this. unfunny sketch about imagine if Formula 1 had a transfer deadline and they got all the kind of football people to record this kind of quote funny sketch about oh it's deadline day in Formula 1 and then they went to all the correspondents and it was it was like it was like a day to day sketch it no, was like scratching your <laughs> eyes with a rusted nail no but the fear of that that could have been really funny yeah yeah it's a great idea Execution nil. Yeah. Should we talk about Lance Stroll not just buying himself a drive, but buying himself a team, allegedly? I mean, you get a feeling in a few years there's just going to be eight teams owned by Stroll. <laughs> and it's he's going to. It's not a fact. It's no, not no, a fact. No, no. All this is, is based on scurrilous rumour, but frankly, that's good enough for us. We need content. So. Yeah. Well, Williams are just doing shit with all that money. Force India is in a lot of financial trouble. It does, you know, there's a lot of sense there. Force India needs a buyer. And the problem is uh, Vijay Malia is refusing to get a realistic price for Force India because he wants it to be this inflated price to pay off all his debts. But other people come along and go, it's not worth that much. What he needs is some kind of gullible billionaire to come <laughs> along. Oh, hi, Lance. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Daddy, Daddy, oh, please buy me Force India. You've got to look after it, not like Williams. Oh, you know. <laughs> I will this time, I won't let it rot and die. Ah. <laughs> it may well be by the time people hear this that something's happened, but at the time of recording, nothing's happened. But I'm confidently predicting that it will definitely happen. What would you call it? Do you reckon he'll call it... He can't Stro- call it Force India. Force Stroll. <laughs> Force my daddy to do as I want. <laughs> So the Miami Grand Prix is not happening. Well, not next year anyway, as despite loads of discussions between F1 and Americans, it's too close to sort out by 2019. There might be a 2021 though, but F1 officials will be visiting the Assen track in the Netherlands in the next few weeks. Could we start hearing mumbles about a returning Dutch Grand Prix? Charlie Whiting has already given his blessing and the track already hosts a MotoGP race. The last Dutch Grand Prix was at Zandvoort in 1985. Yeah, Miami. Vice. We're going to have to wait until Miami Vice 2020. That sounds like a rebooted Next Generation TV series. Can you imagine an episode of Miami Vice 2020? Lewis Hamilton in a white suit. Doing terrible cameos. Oh, it'd be like one of those series where you get proper sporting legends to do cameos playing themselves and being just awful and I would like to see that Lance Stroll would play Chachi from Happy Days (laughs) so what would it replace? Uh, to be honest the way things are going probably just as well as we go into our 45 race calendar talking of 45 race calendars I like you both but Jesus has a lot of races this year isn't there that's like five races in six weeks I'm spent uh, I'd, be, I'd be intrigued to see a Dutch Grand Prix. I'll be honest, I can remember very little about Assen, but it lends itself to a lot of ass jokes, so it's good for us, I would say. It's good for you. Yeah. Yep. I actually think of myself above that. I so, hope Haas do well at Assen. Hey. <laughs> so talking of Haas, their reserve driver, Santino Ferrucci, who many were tipping as the next big American driver in F1, well, scratch that, because he's torpedoed his career in a spectacular fashion. 
Ferrucci was racing in Formula 2, but he's been suspended for four races and fired by his Trident team after deliberately ramming his teammate. Oh, and he racially abused the teammate too. Oh, and he drove the F2 car with one glove on while holding a mobile phone. Santino then refused to go and answer to the stewards and has generally acted like an ass. Haas haven't officially fired him yet, but he is fucked, isn't he? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, you know that old phrase, fuck up once, shame on you. Fuck up <laughs> twice, shame on me. Fuck up three times, all right, what's going on? Fuck up four times and you're driving while holding a phone. Actually, you're quite cool, aren't you? Fuck up five times, this guy's a fucking hero. <laughs> Although another thing that isn't actually in that, that monologue is that he also, just before the race, apparently applied to have a Donald Trump supporting livery on his car because he's a big Trump fan. This guy is deliberately yes. shitting people. Korea. This is Sasha Baron Cohen, isn't it? <laughs> Make is America great a, again. Yeah, this, I've seen some career-owned goals in my time, but I mean, this is unbelievable. And then to compound it all, after the, all this, he went on Twitter and sort of basically said, yeah, well, if you'd have seen the way you were driving, you'd have done, you'd have done what I'd have done well as well. What Fair point, well made. What the fuck are you doing? He'll be racing sort of stock cars in darkest Virginia for the rest of his career, I think. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1 Sake, or you can find us on Facebook, where we're For F1 Sake, or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com. time for the teams. Of course we're going to start with Mercedes. So Hamilton had a hydraulics problem in qualifying, there was pit miscommunication, unfortunate hair, things were not looking good for our Lewis. But it was car number 44's 44th win and his fourth win of the season. He's 17 points ahead of Vettel. Uh, for some reason this week is all about stats, which is not my usual guesses and lies. But an incredible win, as, as we've said. And Bottas got his sixth second of the year. <laughs> what a weekend. It was. Let's talk about Valtteri Bottas and his unfortunate relegation to number two driver status when he was told to not overtake Lewis Hamilton when he could have yeah. bloody done it. Yeah, and there was no real, real Everyone disguising else. of the order either, was there? Everyone else would have done it. Valtteri, can you move over, please? I can... OK. I think he's so polite, he probably offered. He probably went on the radio and went, Hi, just checking, do you want me to not bother? Shall I just move out of the way? Shall I just not bother <laughs> taking... I can I... see Lewis in my mirrors, so... Maybe they sedate him. I don't know. I, I just feel like... that He could have won that. He's not a shit driver, is he? He's not a shit driver. I can see from Mercedes' point of view, it's a very slippery race, everyone's going off. We've got a one-two we weren't expecting, just hold station. But that's the time when Bottas shows what he's worth, punts Lewis off the track, goes on, takes a win. Yeah, this is a chance for some Finnish driver to sort of say, no, I'm not going to just be a number two driver. Yeah, I mean, never Finland say that. is that if there's any Finnish people listening, you're all bloody babies. <laughs> Terry. Wow. I mean, in fairness, no. did any of us expect but Hamilton to do well? Because you'd have thought, thought Hockenheim's not... A, Hockenheim, as a slightly separate aside, it's a bloody narrow track. I noticed when they were coming through the stadium, like it's a very narrow track. They didn't think they'd be able to overtake particularly well there. But, I um, also... And Hamilton, you know, definitely went off and broke his car because of steering problems and not because he just fucked up. Can we talk about him pushing his car like a fucking bellend? Oh, yes. This is qualifying. So, 
so there's some very famous photos and footage of in the 80s when the cars used to be big turbo monsters they'd sometimes run out of fuel because they didn't have all the sensors they have now and if they ran out of fuel yeah, literally meters from the line they push it over the line to to get yeah. it there right one of your heroes famously did it yeah before running himself over with his car pretty much brian harvey yeah that's right that's right yeah that's what that's where we get that name from what? <laughs> Hamilton's car broke down the circuit he starts pushing it he's got like three miles <laughs> <laughs> idiot. he'd only got to like the second or third corner hadn't he second i'm gonna do this and it's obviously what? something he's always wanted to do and yeah it's just yes, it's, it's good for a picture it was a quite iconic image and also they, sh- they showed it the following the following day before the race sky showed the footage and i forgot they got a 360 degree camera on every car which you don't see very often oh no but they had the 360 degree view of him hopping out the car and walking around and pushing it and then going ah oh, it's not gonna work and then literally as the car was sort of removed to the side crouching by the car and just sort of resting his head on it while silently crying to himself all in glorious 360 that's an interesting bylaw that taxi drivers black cab drivers are allowed to take a piss on their back wheel this is actually a true fact because they sometimes caught short and so they're if they wheel on their wheel that's not uh you know it's not indecent decency and I think there must be a similar one in Formula One. And Lewis must have gone, do you know what? That was quite scary. I'm dying for a piss. And then he crouched down and went, oh, well, what, what I'm here, I'll have a number two. And he Because he was there for ages. Did he deploy his suits <laughs> via pro- flap, his DRS? It was, it was a proper newspaper job. Like He was there for a long time. He was doing a crossword. And suddenly he sees his little camera pointing at him. Oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, he did well to come back. Then he won the race. Yeah. yeah. Great. Ferrari. Uh, so Vettel really cocked up, as we said. He went from first to shame when he skidded off the track. Raikkonen was on the podium, but because of his lack of excitement and the fact that we are recording this now four days after the race, I cannot remember what he did. What happened with Raikkonen is he was told to move over, oh, yes. and he made them spell it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they went, uh, Vettel's on a different strategy, so, you know, do what you need to do. Uh, can you tell me what that means? Do you want me to look like a dick? <laughs> yes. Yes, Kimmy. Can you look like a dick? Okay. Well, Ferrari were looking longingly at Bottas. <laughs> Going, just, can you not be more like Valtteri? <laughs> He's like over. willingly a dick. <laughs> it was a weird race that Ferrari were in a definite one-two. And then like 10 minutes later, it was a Mercedes one-two. That is odd. Like I, it was a good ending to a race. I yeah. really enjoyed it. It was one of those classic intrigue. It was one of those classic intrigue races where for a large part of the race, you're like something might happen. It might happen. Something conceivably this could happen and then the thing does happen which it rarely does because rarely it, normally you get rain is coming and it never and comes and then everyone just stays yeah. I'm just saying position. this race has made me think about sprinklers again <laughs> maybe Bernie was onto something if you mandate sprinklers and just say but the say, trouble is half the, half the intrigue was the fact that it so rarely happens I think if it happened all the time and you had the sprinklers, you just, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have the yeah. fun anymore. It's the fact that it's so unusual that makes it all the more. Sort of and like, it's the, yes, when we it love happens. it because we Brits love weather. So and just yeah. ongoing weather updates. Yeah, and we're, and we're in a heat wave. Yeah, so we're, we're just watching that race going. Oh, that looks nice over there. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're oh, actually to be in hot rain now. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, moving away from the weather, will Ferrari be able to pull themselves back? Nah. Although they, really? do, although they do have a very fast car, we haven't really talked about that. They've got their engine upgrade, haven't they? They were super they've been quick. cheating. Have well, they? have they? In the words of one engineer, the only way we've worked out how to go as quick as them is by cheating. <laughs> so they've got some kind of weird battery hooked up to itself or something. 
I don't know. They've got like double the battery power. So the only way to do it is to like. Vettel yeah. has to put his tongue on the battery or something to, you know, something. Has he, just cla- has he just got pockets full of nine volt batteries just as he clanks yeah. into the car? I'm not sure if you know enough to be able to say they cheated. I feel like a little bit more but they research had, needs I, to go they into had this. a lot more power this weekend than they had uh-huh. before. And, and batteries. Were, <laughs> and they were super quick, like all three practices and qualifying, they were much faster. And once again, it's Ferrari throwing it away, which is what they're quite good at. But That's the national emblem of Italy. <laughs> Ferrari throwing something away a prancing horse falling over it's just a prancing horse and they're like just shitting <laughs> so Red Bull Verstappen had his Dutch fans um, who I saw them cheering at Vettel's expense definitely definitely and he finished in fourth Ricardo has now had two mechanical failures in three races and he had an engine issue am I right in qualifying probably um, ages ago but don't they have the same engines? Well, yeah, but they're trying to get him. They're trying to get Ricardo to sign again. So yeah. they're using a reverse psychology of making his Renault engine so shit. He's yeah. there going, yeah, well, Honda looks like a good idea. Let's do it, guys. Yeah. See, I'm just thinking it's like, well, it's unfortunate that your engine has gone again. If you were to sign a contract, maybe none of this would happen. I mean, it would be a shame if something was happened to your engine, wouldn't it, mate? <laughs> just because you didn't sign on that door. Oh, oh. Lewis, blah, oh, no, pull over, box, box, box. You know, in the wet, Verstappen is your god, isn't he? He was pretty disappointing. He's didn't our god in of note. every weather. But it didn't do anything of note. Bit of shit. Well, no. He came fourth. You didn't really see him much. Usually he's no, centre of attention. With no Vettel and no uh, Ricardo, fourth is last. Well, <laughs> he probably could have been... Now, oh, I'm trying to remember now, because it does, it does seem like an age ago. Even though it's only three, day, three or four days since the race, it does seem ages ago. It's the heat, Was film. he not in... Third, but then pitted to go on to the wrong tyres yep. and then changed back again and lost the place. And they kept going, well, he's not lost anything because he's way ahead of Magnussen. You're like, yeah, but he's lost a place. Yeah. He was definitely third. He didn't lose any fourth. more places by coming in and changing back again, yeah. but he lost one to start with. Yeah, he really stayed so ahead. He could have had a podium. Could have. But didn't. But I'm... He could have won. I sort of blame Red Bull more for that than I do the staff. Uh, I don't know. I reckon he was... I, I bet he was in the car going, oh, it's raining a bit. I'm really good in the rain. Come on, Betty. <laughs> that's, that's what he calls Maybe. his team. Okay, Williams. Uh, it was yet another terrible weekend for Williams. Both retired with oil and brake issues. But the worst thing was, it was Claire Williams' birthday. Why is that bad? Do you not want her to have a birthday? They gave her the bumps, that's for sure. Oh, dear. <laughs> what can we say about Williams that we haven't said already? Well, there was actually some, some slightly positive news in that they had a new front wing design, and apparently it worked quite well. What, when I they mean, the fact that they both... Yeah, I mean, both the cars break da- broke down and they didn't finish the race and they got no points again. Really but, good front wings. But the front wings, while the car wasn't, you know, on fire or whatever it was, was, was working slightly less shittily than the old one. There was a front wing at one point on the track. Do you remember? Vettel, they, did they ever identify it? Was it Vettel's? He was just leaving it to wing everywhere. He was trying to jettison weight for batteries. <laughs> Maybe that's why he slithered off. Not enough, quite, not quite enough front downfalls. Oh, at very low speeds in the wet. Force India. Ocon had a really rubbish qualifying, but when it rained, he accelerated. <laughs> wow. Um, both came home in the points, which is really good. Uh, Perez spun when he lapsed the clerk, though. Force India scored points with both cars for the third time in a row. That's it's impressive. pretty amazing. Is yeah. this a residual thing from when they were massively outperforming themselves in previous seasons? And this year we've gone, ah, they're not that great. But from all, from everything we hear, they have no money, and they're sort of, you know, run on a complete shoestring, and their boss is in jail or deported or something. 
and yet they're still getting both cars in the points. Talon. I think I think Talon, two good drivers, and the be the best team in terms of like people boots on the ground on a race weekend I think you could arguably say they are the best team in F1 just because they should not be getting anywhere near this in a zombie apocalypse if you had to pick a team I was literally just going to say that yeah totally I mean we always do go for the I zombie mean, apocalypse <laughs> in a zombie apocalypse I don't know how high on my priorities Formula 1 would be <laughs> Wouldn't you, would you not be thinking oh god the zombies everywhere I wish I had Esteban Ocon and Otto Schaffnauer with me I, I, I think I'd be thinking about getting a Tesco's with a shotgun Yes. We've been abhorrent at Grosjean for pretty much the whole season. Wait, stop. Yes. I'm going to stop you there. We have been perfectly justified about him. No, I mean, we that's haven't. not necessarily different to being abhorrent I looked, to him. I looked back at our previous episodes and I reckon six or seven we've been horrible. What, the one where he binned it in a wall under a safety car? <laughs> I think he deserved everything he got. Well, what do you mean the one where he span off and hit his teammate? Which episode are you talking about, Chica? Narrow it down. I'm not arguing with you. What I'm saying is, we He's are. Like anyway, he was uh, getting sacked before the end of the season. But this is something I am ashamed to say because we had no faith in him. But he drove so well. He went from tenth to six in ten laps, which oh, is really good. impressive. Wow, that's nearly that's nearly one position every two laps. You are so smart. Look, the thing is, he's a good driver. We know that. That's why we're so hard on him. He can be a good driver. Because he's got potential and he's ruining it. No, you, that's not what you just said. You just pointed out everything that had gone wrong for him. Yeah, because he's done nothing right this year. <laughs> now he's done something right. Well done him. Move on. Okay, well, let's move on to Magnussen then. Uh, he was a massive letdown. No longer Golden Boy um, because he can deal with the wet track. I know, because he was like in fifth for like the whole... He was like up there for the whole race and then suddenly nowhere. Where did he end up? Um, I didn't write it down here. No, no, no. Germany. Yeah. Okay. Renault. Hulkenberg made his home fans proud. He came home in fifth and he drove really well, especially the way he dealt with the weather. Wet track, dry track, nothing was going to stop him. Sainz got a 10 second penalty for overtaking during the safety car. How do you do that? By being a Absolutely. total bellend. No idea. Did you see the in car of him doing it? Yeah, he just did and it. It wasn't like. I mean, he just overtook. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, there wasn't any kind of, oh, he, he missed... slowed down and I just no, didn't break. Do you think he missed the yellow flag? Complete brain fart. I've no idea how he did it. I think he just thought no one was watching because he's been quite invisible this year. Oh. But good from Hulkenberg again, though. And in fact, Very I can't good. remember who it is now, but I saw um, not long after the race, somebody on the internet, I don't know if you've heard of it, has been keeping a tally of the sort of the B specification drivers' championships, i.e. not the top three teams. And Hulkenberg is running away with it in that. He's been by far the best non-top three team driver um, and was again this weekend. We should do that. No. Do you remember back in the I 80s? was just thinking that person's got too much time in their hands. No, but back in... Well, we can just Yeah, it's not like starting their a podcast or anything, is it? <laughs> but you know, back in the 80s, oh, there yeah. was a Jonathan Palmer trophy. Oh, yes. Which was for the Norman... No, it was the Colin... The naturally aspirated... No, no, it was the Colin Chapman Cup that Jonathan Palmer used to win because he was the top of the non-turbo cars and yes. drivers so we should do a Jolian Palmer trophy <laughs> for B-team drivers basically and wouldn't it be great if his ex-teammate won oh yeah oh, oh bless we could get Jack to give it I to mean, him I mean it'd almost be better if Sainz won it with the guy that replaced him yeah that's not going to happen <laughs> <laughs> ok so Toro Rosso hardly got the second point of his career Gasly started from the back of the grid I cannot think of anything else to say we already covered Gasly's tired snafu yes 
his desperate lunge for victory. Hartley, I mean, good on him. At least when he inevitably retires this year, he can say he's got two points. I mean, Hartley's rapidly turning into the caveat, isn't he? Like, barely a week goes by without talk of somebody else that Toro Rosso have tried to sign to get yeah. to replace him. I mean, they want shot of him as soon as they possibly can. He's still turning up. He's still quite chipper and amusing in, in interviews. I quite like him. I like as him. As a person. He seems like a good laugh, but... He, he, that doesn't I mean, get you points, does it? He, if we, uh, maybe we should do a full awards show at the end of the year. And, and I think the, 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 the Kvyat Award for Perseverance. I think it should be the, the Brendan Hartley Award, but we'll give it to someone else. <laughs> Dan Tictum. <laughs> so okay, let's talk about Sauber. Things are looking good for Leclerc after making it through to Q3, but in the race he spun, and the team failed in a tyre gamble. Ericsson was in the points, and right. he came home in ninth. Right, I'm getting a bit. This Leclerc love, which I've been part of, because he's better than Verstappen. I'm getting a little bit tired of it because he, he span his car and carried on going and everyone's going, oh, what a great spin. It's like, no, he still fucking span. It Don't is, give but, me this. I mean, that was, it's quite hard to do that spin and then and then straighten it up, you know. He's good, he's impressive. But he still span. If you, if you Ericsson factor in the fact spin, that he fucked up and span. Ericsson didn't spin. We're not there going, oh, let's have a look at this video clip of Ericsson not spinning. <laughs> it's a fair point and it's well made. Thank if you, you accept the fact that he did fuck it up, he recovered well. But it maybe wasn't one of his finest races, and it just goes to show that even even a stopped Leclerc is right twice a day. Oh, that's Jeez. good. I like Christ that. <laughs> McLaren, terrible race. Alonso made an extra stop to sort tyre problems, which made things worse. Do you reckon he should have just retired? I think we've seen the breaking of Alonso. Like, no, we've said no. No, 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 no this is it now, because normally he's still... <laughs> full of spunk and going like oh it's the best lap of my career I've done this kind of stuff this week I don't know it's just because he's done like 27 races in the last month plus Le Mans he's done all the Toyota stuff he's done all these tournament races but he was just shit like actually shit he was letting cars overtake him he didn't come on the radio and say this car's shit he is (laughs) checked out he is gone I'm going to say here and now he will not be in the McLaren in Belgium when we oh, come back from the summer break, my prediction who, is he will not be there. Who's replacing him in your prediction? Just no one. I think McLaren will just be there with like a, a Guy Fawkes doll of Alonso going, come on, I had the car you go, come on, he's still here, don't worry. Or it's just going to be like, a, what's that film? Burn, what's the Weekend at Bernie's? It's going to be just like a dead Alonso that will be fishing around. God, he's going to die. What? You think he's going to die? I think he's going to die. Wow. And Stoffel Van Dorn is disappointing. He's dead to me too. And now it's time for the standings with Terry Saunders. So I'm going to use Lewis Hamilton's teachings to be like a kind of uh, beat poetry. And I learned in beat poetry, you don't clap, you click your fingers. So here we go. Love conquers all. Ferrari conquers war. Retirement postponed by fate. Team orders postponed overtake. This is like an Ed Sheeran song. Podium dash by light rain, my car is a right pain. Nico conquers balls, force India conquers fuck all. I'm a lucky fellow, patriotism makes me yellow. I'm no longer a losing bet, I shouldn't have gone with wet. I'm spinning right round, baby, right round. Like a stuff or ruffle, I wish it had been windier. My daddy is buying force India. I scored a fucking point, mate. <laughs> there you go. That was good. my. Uh, that was good. I need a break. 
I really need a holiday. If only there was a month-long summer break Fucking and factory hell. shutdown coming up. Oh. Anyway, here's the constructors. <laughs> one, two, buckle my shoe. <laughs> what? Mercedes got one, two. I've been looking after a three-year-old. What's the theme here? The theme is one, two, buckle my shoe, Phil. Okay, my bad. One, two, buckle my shoe. Three, four, smash into the wall. Five, six, we look like dicks. Seven, eight, we're going great. Nine, ten, we're skint again. One, two, contractual push through. That's harsh. Three, four, best chassis for sure. Five, six, we never use slicks. Seven, eight, let clerk can dictate. Nine, ten, it's not if, but when. That's oh, Williams and their inevitable really bankruptcy. I always bring it back to if, if the drivers is shit, the constructors is good, yeah. and vice versa. I never do both well. That's yeah. my that's my secret. What time is it for? I don't know, Jig. What time is it? My quiz. <gasps> Chicken quiz, chicken quiz, let me quiz you, chicken quiz. Okay, this bad quiz today is called Vettel's Vexation. Good start. Thank you, alliteration, that's all I've got basically. Um, and it is all about angry Vettel. Question one Who did Vettel say Hamilton acted like after the race? Muhammad Ali. No, wrong. Um, you didn't say your name. Terry. Yeah. No, Muhammad Ali. No. <laughs> Phil. Yes, Phil. Hitler. Whoa. No, why would, no. No, he wouldn't say he's, that. He's not allowed. He's man. Terry. Yes, Terry. Gandhi. No. I just uh, went for the opposite of Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jesus. Oh, far oh, off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. What did he do after crashing in the last race? He banged his... No, Terry. No, yes. He banged his fists on the steering wheel, got out, kicked some gravel, and had a very angry wank. Perfect. He said, fuck's sake, fuck's sake, sorry guys, and cried a bit. I didn't ask what he said, I asked what he yeah, did. After, he did, yeah, saying, is that's what saying he says, something no, no, is no, doing no. something. That's no. what he says after his angry wank. I think you'll find this <laughs> one all. Fuck, fuck, sorry guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Question three. After slagging Hamilton off, what did he tell the media? That he is a beep beep with himself. Phil, pissed off. No. So Vessel said he is beep beep with himself. Yeah. Is the answer beep beep? <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you giving up? Phil. I'm yes, Phil. At peace. Yes! Yeah! Oh. That's good. You have to accept my second answer. Question number four. If Vettel wasn't a racing driver, what did he want to do instead? Comedian. Terry, comedian. Wrong, Terry. Oh. Phil. Phil. The guy who scrapes the rubber off the tyres. He wanted to be a singer. I was so close. Okay, so at the end of that, it is one all, but obviously we can't end on a draw. So I would like you, as a bonus point, to give me a Vettel fact each. And whoever gives best fact wins. Okay. They get an extra point. Fill first because it's more likely to be true. My best Vettel fact is that he has an old Fiat because he told me himself when I interviewed him about five years ago no, that's, that's the thing is you, you're showing off that you spoke to him but the fact wasn't very good Terry he used to name his cars after women after dodgy women like it'd be like slutty Sandra and G kinky Karen and then as soon as he gone to Ferrari that's gone very quiet so I think the fact is 
corporate Ferrari have come down on his sexist ass. That is not a fact. That's speculation. No, it's true. It's, it's true. true. It's true. You have absolutely no proof that Ferrari has vetoed his sexy okay. car names. Um, Chica, judge the facts. So I'm, is it going to be lie. the one that talks about it's, it's the one women's liberation? Tay won that one. In your face. And so Terry is declared the winner. Fuck's sake. And now, ironically, a sexy state of F1. <laughs> and now it's time for the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. McLaren's laughable shitness has really taken the heat off Williams in recent years. But now that Daddy, Daddy Stroll, looks like he's bony emming out of Grove and forcing himself into India, it's time to take a deep dive into what exactly is going on. At Silverstone, the cars were stalling because, well, it doesn't matter why, does it? They put a new bit on the car and it did the opposite of, of working. It's like me putting a shelf up but accidentally bolting a black hole to the wall that sucks in all matter. Still, keeps things off the floor. <laughs> Paddy Lowe came from Mercedes like the big I am this year and all he's done is dramatically reduce the number of people looking at his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Sirotkin is the only driver without a point this year and Stroll is, well... He's at least consistently a prick who has to be told what everything does every time. Honestly, being his engineer must be like when you're behind an old lady at a self-checkout. You've got to put it on the... Never mind. <laughs> but why are they so awful? They've got decent engines, stroll and martini money and a depth of experience. Oh, fuck. It's Claire Williams, isn't it? Ever since she took over, there's been a whole bunch of sexist gammons saying she's shit and she only got the job because her daddy is daddy, daddy Frank. But the longer Williams stays shit, the more questions have to be asked. But I can't. Not after the whole grid girl sexist bullshit. We need women in F1. But don't worry, I have a solution. Fire a lot of them. <laughs> Fire all of Williams. Monday morning after Hungary, every single member of staff at Williams is let go from Frank all the way down. And we'll spend the summer break doing some positive discrimination and replacing every one of them with a woman. Here is my shortlist. CEO, Fern Britton. Race manager, Holly Willoughby. Stroll's engineer, Awen Holmes' wife, who sometimes does this morning, I forgot her name. Sirotkin's engineer, Ginny Cooper. Rob Smedley will be Patricia Routledge, and Frank Williams will be played by Thora Heard. And the head of pit stops will be Barbara Windsor. And fling! <laughs> Sorted. So that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time, speaking about sexism and continuing the theme, to talk about next year's Russian Grand Prix because Russia's Deputy Prime Minister, a man, you know, very high up in the government of one of the largest countries in the world, has said that he's going to defy the F1 ban on grid girls and bring them back because why? I don't know. Fucking Russia. Well, I mean, that gives us, gives us something to talk about. Some content. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we should be happy. That's not a way to justify sexist <laughs> behaviour. Oh, it gives us something to talk about. Oh, good job there are some women being oppressed. Otherwise, they'd have nothing to say. It'd be an awkward silence. Fucking hell. <laughs> and it is goodbye to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about the go-karting event we're doing in a couple of weeks, which is where we're going up against Missed Apex podcast, that Norfolk one, even checkered flag of putting a driver. It's Jack. And, um, he's not bringing Jolian, is he? Because that could he's be not very bringing Jolian because that would be awkward for him because <laughs> for him he would really see just how bad he is when he gets beaten by me. <laughs> but we found out that Alex Brundle is racing, who is Martin Brundle's what? son. What? Who is it definitely Who's his son? And you just have found flag. someone with the same name? No, I'm Alex pretty Brundle's, sure he's raced at Le Mans. He's a bona fide, very oh, good God. racing driver. Are we allowed ringers then? Can we get a ringer? Terry. We don't know any. Do we? Who do we know between us? 
that he's a decent driver. I mean, I've interviewed several of them. Yeah, yeah, interviewed. All right, if you rang them, would they say hello, Phil? I generally <laughs> take the approach that if I've that if I've interviewed a driver, I'm now friends with them. Yeah, right. That's, that's why Alonso there's a restraining with. order. That's why they call you Phil Restraining Order Chomans. <laughs> Maybe that's going on the back of my uh, my bib when we go karting. We do need to come up with nicknames though, because we need, we've got a thing where they've all got nicknames. We're going to have written on our backs our nicknames. My idea is to put my nickname as Martin Brundle, so that when Alex Brundle comes up to lap me, he goes, "Oh shit, it's Dad!" And you know, goes, "I don't want to be put in the cupboard again." I could go with like Bert Mylander or something, so they get very. But confused. we need listeners to come up with nicknames for us. Yeah, go to the Facebook page. You can't leave use some ideas. Words. Looking forward to it. I'm not, not. I'm fucking petrified. I really. No, I thought I'm not you were good. At, I thought you were. You, you were giving it the big I am about how good you could possibly be if you just had your chance. This is your chance. Neither know, me. Neither me or Terry. Neither me or Terry have driving licenses. I, ju- I just feel like we're not going to excel. I just think this is going to be. I mean, it's not the like time driving. when my cockiness comes home to roost and I annihilate them. <laughs> Maybe on Facebook, as well as some ideas for, for, for names for us, if you've got any top karting tips, leave them for us. Because I think we're going to need them. If you are an actual racing driver who's actually good and you listen to our podcast and go, oh, I couldn't ever possibly let them know that I, Nigel Mansell, <laughs> am listening, now's the time. We can have you in. We'll be back in one week to discuss the Hungarian Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. Terry, where can you buy merch? Specifically FF1S merch. I've actually got a cushion and a T-shirt that I haven't worn. So come round to my house. Right. And I will give you a good price. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.